the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So I was going to say to them, uh, instead of instead of really instead of uh, go down Moses, which was good, but really was better a couple of weeks ago. The better song is Pharaoh, Pharaoh, where the third, which goes to the tune of Louie Louie. <laughs> Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go. Ooh, huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it ends with all of Pharaoh's army came and followed them, whatever, and uh, I can't remember all the other questions, but it's that Moses raised his rod and he cleared his throat. <laughs> all Pharaoh's army did the dead man's float. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's all. Well, we're gonna, now we're going to be sad for Pharaoh's army. <laughs> you all are better people than me. <laughs> So today, today is exciting as far as a couple things. Um, it's the, it's the, first, the first of our certain serious questions that Jesus asked, answered, or avoided. Um, and, and as the lectionary would have it today, this is actually a question that Jesus answered. Jesus only answers directly just a few questions. Some people have written he only answered three. Some, it's about eight. It's basically less than ten. Questions. Jesus asked 187 questions and answered about 8, 10 directly. The rest of them he sort of pushed aside. He, he asked over 300 questions. Some of them are redundant because the same questions in Matthew and Mark and Luke. But you get the point. He's asked, he asked a lot of questions. He gets asked a lot of questions. He doesn't give very many answers. And so when he does give an answer, you can assume that it's probably pretty important. Um, and he doesn't want any uh, any sort of wiggle room that, he, that, he, that it's important enough to be direct. And today's question is about forgiveness. How many times can we forgive? This is exactly on the heels of last week. It's not a whole entire different section. Remember last week, Jesus said, if somebody sins against you, then go to them and be reconciled with them. And if you reconcile, you, you gain a brother or sister. And the most important, the most important part of that um, that statement, I think, is if a brother sins against you, because guess what? Lots of times they didn't. Right? I mean, how many text messages have you opened and been like, why is she talking to me this way? Why are you being aggressive with me? Is that right, Robin? Are you getting aggression? <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> so if, if somebody sins against you, and I told the story, I didn't preach last week, so that means I get to preach it again. Anyway, I mean, I preached at 8.30. Last week I woke up and went, I to preach at 8.30. Like, oh, I knew I didn't have to preach at 10.30. I forgot I had to preach at 8.30. It's okay. Um, right, Bill? Bill says okay. But, but what, one of the things that happened to me when I was in um, a rector for the first time, that we had a Wednesday evening healing service, and people came to the altar and asked what they wanted prayer for. And um, one, of the, one of the women asked for prayer for her nephew. 
who was still in high school and he'd gotten his girlfriend pregnant and um, and they you know, it was all very tense and they didn't know what to do and and so as she's telling me this whole thing I, t- I started to smile I started to laugh um, but I laughed uh, because it was like exactly my life so I'm like this happened to me um, I was uh, 17 when my son was born and uh, still a senior in high school and so I, as she's telling me this whole story, I just, just laugh because I know exactly how to pray. Right? I know how everybody's feeling. I know, I know all the emotions. But when she, she sent me an email later that night, said, I'm never coming to you for prayer ever again. Um, because you, and so then I called her up. Like, you laughed at me. And I called her up and had to explain. I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at the way God works. Um, in, in how we, we pray for one another, and so it's all it's all good and all fine. But thank goodness, right? That she that she came to me and said something because because she could have just not talked to me for the next four years, right? And just been and just be mad about it. Um, so the first thing is if right, if somebody sins against you, go to them and be reconciled, and then. Find out, you know, it isn't an if it is really somebody did do something against you, then still go and be reconciled, offer forgiveness, try to work together. Then we talk about the whole thing, like take two from the church and then this and that. And so I'm not going to redo the whole the whole last week, but it, but it all sort of ends up being um, when two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'll be in the midst of them. So go and forgiveness and reconciliation is an important aspect about the church. As uh, Lindsay said last week, Jesus did not expect the church to be conflict-free, but able to deal and manage with conflict as it arises. We're not looking to avoid conflict, we're looking to deal with it when it happens. Um, And so Peter, the spokesman for all the disciples, says, how many times should I forgive? Like, seven? Which seems pretty generous, and it's a nice holy number. Um, and and Jesus, I tell you, not seven, but seventy-seven times, or seven times seventy, or seven to the seventieth power, depending on what your translation looks like and how the interpretation is. The result's the same. Don't count. Right? Lots of times. Don't count. Don't try to count. Don't try to keep track. You can't keep track. Just keep forgiving. You start keeping track, then you're in big trouble. Right? You keep forgiving, and you keep reconciling. And then Jesus gives the parable. And parables, remember, it's always important. The parables tell us about the kingdom of God. They're not they're not fables where you get a lesson out of this life. Don't do this. It really is is demonstrating um, what the kingdom of God is like, what God is like, and how we are we are to to be with one another as well. And it begins with King. Whose, whose slave owes him 10,000 talents. Now, if you remember from your parable of the talents, that a talent is a big uh, piece of, of silver that's basically worth about 30, 20 to 30 years of wages. So it's about like your lifetime of wages. If maybe, you're, maybe if you're like really skilled, you'll get two talents in your whole lifetime. Um, but really, it's... It's a lot of money, and this 
said I owe 10,000. I don't know how he owed 10,000. Doesn't really matter, I owe 10,000. The funny part is, so 10,000 lifetimes, lots of money. You know, it's like hitting the Powerball a couple few times, right? I mean, and, and, and somehow then owing that money to somebody else. And um, the slave pleads with the king, as the king says, I'm gonna throw you in prison. Um, I'm gonna throw you in prison. Generally, it's like, not only am I gonna throw you in prison, I'm gonna throw you in prison, I'm gonna throw your family in prison. Everybody's going to prison so you can pay this debt back. And, and he pleads and says, have patience with me, I'll, pay, I'll get your money back to you. Which, a little bit silly, right? Um, but, this king just, in this pleading, forgives the debt. And lets him go. And sets him free. And as soon as that happens, he goes out and sees one of his fellow slaves who owes him a hundred denarii, which is not insignificant. It's a denarius like one day's wage. And so it's like, a, you know, three months of working wages. It's not insignificant, but it's not 10,000 talents. Um, and so it begins to, to try to cost that person for money. And um, when, when nothing, when he doesn't get it, throws him into prison, right? He, that, that slave pleads as well with him, and he has no mercy, throws him into prison. Everybody, of course, the whole community is aghast. They can't believe this happened. And so they go and tell the king what happened. The king finds out and says, you wicked slave, um, shouldn't you have uh, done for your fellow servant the same way that I did for you and throws him in, in, back in prison. And so the point, of course, is Everything that we've been we've been talking about for a good while in Romans, especially, which is if it's up to the law, you are going to fail, right? The law is a big heavy weight where you keep thinking you can repay God back. Every time you sin, you just get a lamb, maybe, and you'll be all right. Or give some money, you'll be all right. Every little thing you think you did, you can just you, you'll figure out a way to make it to make it okay. The point Jesus is making is multiple points. One is that all of that, all of that system is sort of in, it's not great, right? It's it's inadequate. It's it doesn't really cover everything. It covers that thing that you can remember. It doesn't cover all these other slights that Jesus, you know, continued to pick out all the time too, like. Murder isn't just murder. Murder is also calling your brother a fool, right? Um, that type of thing. And so, one, it says, it says that, that this under the law, you, you can't, you can't repay it anyway. And we don't have to, because now we're under under grace. We're through Jesus Christ. We've been made children of God and children heirs, and and we have. A new one. And so all that we've been reading in, in Romans, therefore, um, present yourself as a living off, offering, holy and acceptable God through spiritual worship. Because you have been made new, because you have been forgiven. You have been, your sins have been washed clean by the blood of the Lamb, and now you've come free. And now Jesus is saying, and now that, that has happened with you, how can you even think to to hold 
grudges and, and withhold forgiveness from people who offended you. And, and, and this is, this, we pray this prayer every, every time we come to worship, right? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts. Every time we come to worship in every way, shape, or form, whether it's morning prayer, evening prayer, compliment, music prayer, Eucharist, burial service, marriage service, every time we come together, every service, this is part of the service, is that prayer that says, Forgive one another as we have been forgiven. And just really just hammering this as an, an important aspect. Because, one is it? Because it's just, it's, it reflects who God is, who has forgiven us everything. Even all of our, all of our sins, all of our, all of our things that we do to one another and we do toward God. I think if it's not this Eucharistic prayer, it's another Eucharistic Again and again and again, you call us to you, and again and again and again, we sin, we turn away, and we do we do the things that we don't want to do uh, toward God, toward one another. Uh, but but so we receive it. We've received forgiveness, great forgiveness from God. Isn't it appropriate then to to give that same forgiveness? And to receive that same forgiveness and to seek that same forgiveness for those we've harmed and for those who've harmed us. And the reality is, forgiveness is one of those one of those um, things anyway that it's, it's, doesn't really doesn't really help you, right? To, to withhold it anyway. If somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're angry about it all day long, um, it doesn't really hurt the person who you just cut off in traffic. They're going about their day like. You know, they don't care. You're mad, angry, spewing venom at people that haven't even probably liked your kids because they're, you know, or wife or whoever because they're close to you and they have to forgive you later on because that's their job. Right? I mean, it's, you know, but it's this, it's this, it's this poison that affects you when you, when you don't, when you don't offer that forgiveness. I remember a movie, I don't remember the, I don't remember what the movie was about, honestly, or if it was any good. Um, I only remember the, the the one scene where it's like a flashback scene where the wife is asking her husband um, how he's able to forgive somebody. I don't know if it was her father, if it was his father, or business partner. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But but what mattered was he said what he said was to forgive is a decision you just have to make once. To not forgive, you have to make day after day after day. And that that um, preaches to me, um, maybe to you, um, as far as as far as the reality of what, what happens when we offer forgiveness. It releases us. Um, now this this like many things in the Bible, um, that's used sometimes for evil. So this is this passage is not like a a um, for the abused wife um, passage of like stay in a situation right. Like you just keep forgiving, forgive. That's that's not what that's not what this is. This is this is normal type forgiveness. And you know, so let's just put that aside and recognize that the Bible often is 
can be sometimes used for bad purposes. But in reality, that's not what this is at all. This is this is of what it's like to live in community with people. Um, what's it like when people come in community with you? And the funny thing about this passage, not this passage, the funny thing is that the lectionary combines this passage with the passage from Romans, which is, while forgiveness is maybe one of the most important things that we have to offer, Paul talks about the things that don't matter at all. Paul says today in Romans, remember all those things that I just talked about in the last 13 chapters? Well, here's stuff that doesn't make a difference. All that stuff was important. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Don't conform any longer to the pattern. This world be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't worry about whether you eat meat or not. There's weak people. Just eat vegetables. I can't believe we got this in past the liturgic committee. Sounds like anti-vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> weak vegetarians only eat vegetables. But that's not what it is either. Uh, this, is, this is food that's offered sacrifices or food that's that was previously unclean if you were Jew. You've been you've been living your whole life, you know, as as a good um, Jewish person and now you've converted to, to following Jesus and Jesus said all foods are clean. You can have shrimp scampi tonight if you want. And you say, I can't eat shrimp scampi. You're weak. Um, well, I mean, so Paul's just saying, who cares? Some people aren't going to be able to do this stuff. Some people can do make this leap to know that it's okay. Same's true with holy days. Uh, this is Sabbath, in case you're wondering. Um, some people keep the Sabbath. Some people say every day is the Sabbath. It doesn't matter. What actually matters is how you treat one another. As you're in community with one another. The church, capital C, might could take a good lesson from this passage. We don't preach this passage enough. Um, we preach the passage that's sort of in the middle. If I'm going to live, when I, whether I live or die, I am the Lord. So that, one's, that one seems to show up all the time. We cut it out with an exacto knife. Um, but the rest of it's very important because it because how many things are in the church that don't matter that churches squabble about, like whether you wear a chasuble, whether you have candles on the altar, whether you have flowers over here, whether your peace lasts forever in a day, or other things. You know, there's things that just don't matter, and you get we get hung up. I mean, church, the church gets up. That's why we have all these little denominations anyway. I mean, there are big things like drowning people for baptisms and stuff like that. Like, through the years, there's been like real conflict about stuff that's that what Paul is saying. This is this, the, the word is adiaphora. Like, it doesn't make any difference. It's, it's, I, it, who cares? Um, what matters is you treat each other um, with love and grace and respect. Because we belong to the world. 
We belong to the Lord in life, and we belong to the Lord in death. And so these, this, this passage um, from Romans, which, which really gets to the heart of um, making sure um, that you're in community, um, sort of mirroring back to, to what Jesus says, forgiveness is vital. Reconciliation is vital. We are called to be a community of forgiveness. Forgiving one another, forgiving neighbor, forgiving enemy, offering forgiveness, allowing it to leave ourselves, giving that to God and, and, and wiped away. Um, because God's done that with us. Uh, Billy, Graham, Billy Graham once said, God can do something I can't do. God can forget my sins. Lots of times I choose to remember them. Right? This, we have a God who not only just forgives us, he wipes away all of these, these things. And so, um, may we be a, a, a community of, of those who, who seek reconciliation and offer forgiveness um, to one another and to the world around us. We're not holding holding that in, but as God has forgiven us everything, may we forgive. And may we completely um, love one another to the point where we don't worry about the things that don't matter, um, but focus on the things that do, um, like forgiveness, like the love and grace of Jesus Christ, which is poured